At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, game 82 of the regular season. We'll finally complete a regular season, so a great sign that things are getting back to normal in the NBA. We'll give you a preview of today's game against the Wizards. We'll talk about all the different scenarios that could take place in terms of where the Hornets could finish. It right now is anywhere between 7th and 10th, so a lot of different uh, pathways to ponder here today. And we'll talk about the play-in tournament as a whole. Is it a good thing? I think uh, we as Hornets personnel are the perfect people to talk about it given our current spot in the standings. So we'll do all that with my producer, on the Hornets radio network, and a guy who's doing a heck of a job right now filling in on the play-by-play while I'm out for health and safety protocols, Rob Longo. And Rob, first and foremost, you're doing a fantastic job filling in on play-by-play. I'm aching to get back, but uh, I'm, I'm very happy for you getting the opportunity and thrilled at the job you're doing. So well done. Sam, I appreciate the sentiment, at least from you. I'm glad I'm able to provide Hornets fans with some great coverage uh, while you're sitting on the sidelines a little bit. But we miss you. Can't wait for you to get back here. And hopefully that's a lot, lot sooner rather than later. I'm hoping so. Keeping my fingers crossed. But we know that the team, uh, in terms of the radio broadcast, is in very good hands. So let's start off talking about the different scenarios at stake today. It's not just the Hornets who sit at 42-39 and who will be in action that can determine their own fate. Three other games will also play a role. Brooklyn Nets are 43-38, and a game ahead of Charlotte. They'll be hosting Indiana, who's already eliminated. The Cleveland Cavaliers are a game ahead of the Hornets at 43-38. and They are hosting 
the Milwaukee Bucks, who will have a lot to play for in their own right. Uh, Milwaukee, going into the final day of the regular season, could end up anywhere uh, between second and third. And with home court advantage in round two of the playoffs being a real thing, uh, you know, there's reason for them to work hard also uh, the people who are looking at this in a conspiratorial fashion might say it's in their interest to not end up in second place and try to avoid the Brooklyn Nets or at least that's the line of thought a lot of people have been putting out there but either way that game could influence the Hornets last but not least the Atlanta Hawks tied with Charlotte right now record of 42 and 39 they're the only one of the four teams finishing the season on the road but it's at Houston who's 20 and 61 so Rob, those are the games that influenced the Hornets. There's not a real good short way to describe the the scenarios, but the best one that I've come up with is this. Hornets lose their 10th no matter what. Hornets win and all the other three teams that are close to Charlotte win, uh, Hornets end up 10th as well. If the Hornets win and any one of that group loses Atlanta, Cleveland, and Brooklyn, Charlotte moves ahead of them, with the exceptions being a four-way tie, then Charlotte only passes the Cavs, or a three-way tie with Atlanta and Cleveland, in which case the Hornets pass both, even though Atlanta got a win. I think that's all of it. I think that's as concisely as I can describe it in a audio format, but I'll let you be the judge. No, that's a pretty good, accurate description, I'd say. And like you like you prefaced it with, Hornets have to win today. That's basically the number one thing that has to happen is they got to take care against a Washington team that, you know, has been eliminated from playoff contention, wasn't really competitive after the first couple of months of the season, and then were big sellers at the trade deadline, obviously, as the Hornets were able to acquire Montrez Harrell. So, you know, first and foremost, they got to get a win today here at Spectrum Center. Everything else, you know, the stars have to align a little bit. Of course, Indiana has to beat Brooklyn, which the Pacers have lost eight in a row. And then you got to have Houston upset Atlanta. Houston's lost six in a row. And then that Cleveland and Milwaukee game is the one that I think can really be the most favorable one for the Hornets because Milwaukee still has some stuff to play for. If they're able to win that game tomorrow and get a little bit or win that game today, they are able to clinch that number two seed in the Eastern Conference. And I know, like you mentioned, there might be some conspiracies of trying to avoid Brooklyn maybe in a first-round matchup and that sort of thing. And, you know, with the way that Chicago has been playing as of late, it might be a little bit more advantageous to go to that three seed and get an early uh, playoff series win against a team like the Bulls. But, again, everybody in this Eastern Conference is super dangerous. I don't think you can really afford to, you know, pick and choose who you want to play in the first round of the playoffs. The Eastern Conference has been stacked all year long. Um, so with all that said, Sam, I think that Cleveland-Milwaukee matchup has the ability to go in favor of the Hornets a little bit, and if that happens, that would more than likely result in Charlotte getting the nine seed and hosting a play-in tournament game. That is correct. If Cleveland were the only team of the four to lose against Milwaukee, Hornets beat Wizards, Nets beat Pacers, Hawks beat Houston, then Charlotte would end up playing Cleveland in the 9-10 game, and that game would take place in Charlotte. There's only one path to get the Hornets all the way up to the seven seed. That's if Charlotte wins and simultaneously Brooklyn loses to Indiana, Cavs lose to the Bucks, and the Hawks lose at Houston. If that were to happen, Charlotte would host Brooklyn in the 7-8 game. So there are some different uh, scenarios here that work out. I, I don't want to go through each and every one. I'll just end on this, Rob. What is the final outcome of these four teams that you think would be best for the Hornets? Well, I would obviously love to have, you know, 
be the biggest Pacers fan, the biggest Bucks fan, and the biggest Rockets fan tomorrow afternoon, and top of being the biggest Hornets fan, of course, because I would love for Charlotte to get to that seven speed, that seven seed. I mean, it's the most advantageous. Obviously, you would be able to host potentially two playing tournament games, and you get a, and you get two cracks at it. I mean, I know you would have Brooklyn coming in here, but I don't really care at this point who the Hornets play because. As long as you're able to get to that 7-8 game and you're able to get two chances at it, I think that's the most beneficial spot you can be in when it comes to this playing tournament. I don't care who the Hornets would play in that 7-8 game. I know Brooklyn is a very good team. They could be playing you know, one of the Michael Jordan Bulls teams for all I care. I don't care who they would be playing in a one-game playoff as long as they get that opportunity and that chance because at the end of the day, if they come out and they shoot the ball like they did at the beginning of the first quarter of Friday's game in Chicago, it's not going to matter who they play. So you know, the way I look at it is I would love to get to that seven spot is it really realistic probably not so I mean there's still some things that could happen to get the Hornets to the eight so that would be helpful as well but I think the most likely matchup or the most likely outcome that could happen here tonight is a Hornets win against Washington and then Cleveland loses to Milwaukee and Charlotte ends up hosting that ninth place game and then would take on either or and then would take on Cleveland in that 9-10 matchup I understand it I like it I'm of the opinion anything that gets the Hornets into the 7-8 game is good. Even if you have to play Brooklyn in it, uh, even though you're risking playing, in theory, maybe Brooklyn in the final game for the final spot, I think anything that gives you two cracks at it is the best-case scenario, regardless of opponent, regardless of location. Um, But we'll see how it all pans out. I think no matter what, Hornets are playing well going into the play-in tournaments. This is night and day compared to last season, so all positive as we head in to this final game of the regular season. Tips off at 3.30 today, depending on when you're tuning into this podcast. You can get your tickets at hornets.com. Let's go to our next topic. Is the play-in tournament a good thing or not? I think you and I, Rob, are perfectly positioned to have this discussion, and we'll have it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, it's year two of the true play in tournament. They had kind of a semi one for the bubble. Um, But I think this is a a good time and we are the right people to have a discussion over whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. Because over the last two years, it feels like the people getting asked about the play in tournament are inevitably people who are in charge of or surrounding teams sitting in 7th or people in charge of or surrounding teams that are in 10th. And almost everyone who's around a team in 7th says, it's bad, we've already earned our playoff spot, why are you doing this to us? And almost everyone who's around a team in 10th says, it's good, we should be rewarded and given an opportunity to try and earn our way in. We are on the perfect fault line, Rob Longo. Depending on today's results, Charlotte could end up in the 7th or 8th spot or the ninth or 10th spot. It's not quite an equal odds of either one happening, um, but we're right on that line. So we are Switzerland in this. We can be neutral, and I want your neutral perspective. Is the play-in tournament a good thing? Absolutely. When you take a look at what's happened the last two years, it's made the regular season a lot more competitive for a lot longer. I mean, you have teams that – 
when it gets to the trade deadline, they are just complete sellers because you know they might be five, six, seven games out of a top eight spot. But that, of course, doesn't put them out of the play-in tournament picture. You take a look at the Western Conference this year. You got a team like New Orleans that's eight games below 500 before the start of business, and they are in ninth. So they're going to even host a play-in tournament game. You got San Antonio, and you know Greg Popovich is a great coach, but they've fallen on harder times over the last couple of seasons. They're 12 games below 500 at the start of business today, so it gives an opportunity for those teams to get a little bit hot at the right time and maybe even make some noise in the playoffs. And if they are able to work their way through the playing tournament, of course, you know it's a little bit more advantageous if you're in that seven and eight spot compared to the nine ten when you got to go on the road twice and you got to win twice. But you know the playing tournament picture. The play-in tournament in general has just been so great for the sport of basketball. I think it's been a home run for Adam Silver and the rest of the association because it's not, I'm not saying tanking was an issue to begin with, but it's eliminated the possibility to tank because, I mean, you got to be really, really bad for a really long time now to not even be available in that play-in tournament picture. So I like it. I think it makes the games a lot more competitive for a lot longer, like I said. I under I understand you know when you take a look back and you're you're one of those teams that's in seventh and eighth place and say well wait a minute here what happens if we lose I mean well that's beside the point if you think you're that good you should be able to win a one game playoff so that's just the way I look at it I agree I think it reduces the amount of times that teams that are, are trying to lose or maybe more appropriate to say not trying to win uh, can really affect things I mean look we're on the last day of the season. Let's say, for instance, Brooklyn was not the team locked into a, a battle with Charlotte and it was maybe, you know, the Orlando Magic were into that seven through ten you know, spot. They'd be hosting the Miami Heat today. Miami's got nothing to play for. They've already sewn up the one seed. They could say, we're, we're resting everyone, and they'd be perfectly within their rights to do so. Why should they risk an injury uh, on the, you know, day before the eve of the playoffs? Um, but by doing that, they'd open up a door for Orlando to get an easy win against a team that for everyone else had been really, really difficult all year long. So it minimizes the amount of time in the year that those kinds of things are a factor. It minimizes the number of teams that end up playing into that. And, and while I think teams like Charlotte and Atlanta deserve to be rewarded for having above 500 seasons, I don't really look at this as, well, let's avoid having a team above 500 miss the playoffs. You know, if the Hornets had this year, uh, it would be disappointing. It'd be upsetting, um, but it wouldn't be due to some grand conspiracy. I, I'm um, So I, I'm not looking at this like, let's stretch the playoffs to include more teams because there's more teams deserving. But I do think there is ample reason to avoid allowing teams to tank and Furthermore, it allows young teams like the Hornets, like Memphis last year, a chance to really gain some momentum going into the next season. You know, I, I think Memphis would have been really good this season no matter what, but I do believe they were helped exponentially, and probably their playoff chances were helped exponentially by getting the experience to play into the playoffs through the play-in and then have a series last season. Uh, that's an experience under the old format they wouldn't have had, and who knows, maybe Memphis would have been one and done this year. Uh, maybe they will be anyways, but I think they're better served from having had that experience. Well, and one more thing, too, before we take a look at our game preview, I'm sure, but as it pertains to the Hornets, Sam, I mean, when you take a look at some of the couple of seasons where the Hornets have been competitive, you go back to the last time that they, that they made the playoffs. When they made the playoffs, uh, there was an instance, I want to say they were in some sort of wonky three, four-way tie 
with a couple of other teams and they lost out on those tiebreakers and they ended up being the sixth seed where they could have potentially been the three. So and this is another instance this season where you know Charlotte could fly as high as seventh here at the end of business today and they could be you know still in tenth place and they could be four games above five hundred this season. So you know it's one of those things where if if everything goes according to plan or if you're able to just see that you know there's 10 teams with a winning record in a specific conference i think those teams should be rewarded albeit i know that's only a handful of games above 500 but i mean this race in the eastern conference this year was super tight i mean even at the start of business today charlotte trails miami the top team in the east by 11 games i know that sounds a lot like a lot but then you know they're only three games back of Chicago for a top six spot. So, you know, it, it just kind of stinks because you go back and you think about a couple of those games that Charlotte might have had and they might not have be rooting for teams like Indiana and Houston here today. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the schedule is what it is. Those games are the results. You know, we always said it was one of 82, but sometimes they get a little bit more amplified as you get down the stretch here. But, you know, this is a good opportunity for the Hornets to not miss out on a chance to play their way into the playoffs. I look forward to how this discussion goes next year when there are 11 teams in one conference who are above 500. Should we expand it further? No. I think we're in in agreement here, Rob. The play-in tournament has so many more positives. It's been very entertaining. Uh, it's kept you know teams that are national stories like Brooklyn and the Lakers in the hunt longer. And it has allowed a young team like Charlotte um, to, you know, really have a pathway to the playoffs, even though uh, due to no fault of their own, these happen to be deeper this year. And uh, again, under the previous format, it could have been a shutout scenario. Uh, Charlotte could win today and not make the top eight. So I'm, I'm even more in favor of the play-in tournament now than ever. Speaking of today's game, Hornets versus Wizards, we will preview it for you next, coming up here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Rob, Hornets versus Wizards, Charlotte 42-39, and 39, guaranteed its first winning season since 2015-16, which is the last time the Hornets made the playoffs. Wizards, 35-46, and 46, they've lost three of their last four, including on Friday at home to the New York Knicks. Your overarching thought on this game? Well, first off, we touched on it in our first segment. Hornets absolutely have to win or else everything is uh, inconsequential in terms of the Brooklyn game, the Atlanta game, the Cleveland game. Those don't matter. So Hornets got to take care of business today, especially the way that they were able to come off that second night of a back-to-back Friday in Chicago. This team's playing with a lot of momentum right now. They're playing with a lot of confidence, and that's scary for a lot of other teams in the NBA. So, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk today against the Washington Wizards. Washington has a lot of young talent that is hungry to show what they're capable of, and they would love to ruin somebody's party at the end of the season and get a win going into the postseason or going into the offseason uh, on a high note. So, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm not using the T word for what kind of game it is, but Charlotte just needs to take care of business today, come out and play like they did on Friday, and things will take care of themselves. Yeah, I think it's it's clearly a big game. It would be a meaningful win. I don't know that it's a must win. Uh, does anything really change? Like I said, the Hornets 
could still end up in 10th even with a win. Um, I think, you know, most important is just to stay on track, stay on rhythm here, uh, you know, win or lose, so long as they're continuing to stay in that offensive flow. And for the most part, the defensive flow that they've been in, uh, that that's all that they need. They just need to be playing with that positive momentum heading into the play-in tournament. Yeah, most of that is based around winning, uh, but I think you could accomplish it even without a win. What, I, what I'm trying to say is all is not lost with a loss today. That might be the case, though, on Wednesday. Uh, it would be the only day that it could be all is lost with a loss. But uh, today, certainly an important one, Hornets versus the Wizards. Rob Longo, you are the guest today. You get to choose first. you want to preview with a Hornets player, Wizards player, or a stat? Let's go with a Hornets player to watch. Let's get the easy one out of the way. I got to go with LaMelo Ball. I mean, he is literally not from here. I know that is kind of his tagline, but he is truly something unique over the last couple of games. I mean, a plus 19 and a plus minus. He only scored only 24 points in the game the other night in Chicago, but that was because he scored all of them in that first half. He had 15 points in the first quarter alone. Really just takes his team to another level. I asked James Borrego before the game about what you've seen for that growth from Mello, and then he goes out and he goes for 24, uh, nine, five rebounds and nine assists as well. So, you know, he did turn the ball over four times, but, you know, it's one of those things with LaMelo where you take the good with the bad, uh, just kind of the way that he plays his style basketball and he plays his game. So, again, LaMelo just out of the world the last couple of games. I think he's averaging about 25 and 11 in his last five contests going into Friday's game. And those averages are probably just going to go even higher after that performance he had in the Windy City. So LaMelo Ball, I know he's the easy one. He's my player to watch. He's been fantastic. I'm going to go with Terry Rozier and kind of the opposite reason. Terry really hasn't been shooting the ball very well. His last six games, he has failed to eclipse 30% from three in any of them. Over the course of that entire six-game stretch, he's only shooting 20% from three. He's still productive. He's still scoring in double figures every time. He's still putting out a lot of assists. He's getting a lot of steals. He's doing a lot of good things out there. He's got very, very minimal turnover numbers. So it's not as if he's playing poorly, but certainly the Hornets' chances in the play-in tournament rise exponentially when you have Terry uh, operating under Terry time, when he's really the hot shooter that he's capable of being and really has been his entire Hornets career. So I'm looking at Terry Rozier and uh, I want to see him have a good shooting day, particularly from three. I think that's all good things for the Hornets in this game and moving forward. Where do you want to go next? A Wizards player or would you like to go with a stat? Let's go with a Wizards player to watch and I'm going to go with Rory Hachimura. I know he's been uh, one of those guys that's been injured over the last couple of seasons. He's still trying to find his footing in the NBA after a very good collegiate career. Finished with 21 points the other night against the New York Knicks. That was a team high in that game he's just been having a lot more of opportunities here as of late as you know Christos Brzingis has been in and out of the lineup due to some injuries you know the trade deadline they were able to kind of move some pieces around to get these younger guys a chance and Hachimura has taken advantage of it I mean he was you know eight of 14 from the field the other day three of five from beyond the arc he's going to be kind of those one of those guys that can go off at times he's had some really successful games against Charlotte in the past so he's going to be my guy to watch in this afternoon's matchup just simply for the fact that he can maybe go off and he's trying to still make a name for himself and what better way to do it than in game eight 82 trying to ruin somebody else's party. Agreed. I, I'm under similar circumstances here again. I'm going to go with Denny Avdia for this one. Uh, he's seen his minutes tick up uh, with the team being basically eliminated for a couple weeks now and, and having less to play for. They play the young guys more, and we've seen Denny Avdia 
member of the same draft class as LaMelo Ball, get more shots. He's had double-figure shots in nine of his last 11. Uh, He's shooting the ball reasonably well, 36% from three. Scoring's up to about 13 points per game. It was about five points or so lower per contest uh, prior to this last nine or ten game stretch. Uh, I I think he's a really good player. I think he's someone who is definitely trying to make a name for himself and carve out a role for himself on a Wizards team that in some ways is like the Hornets in that they're very, very deep. Um, But obviously where they fall off is the the overall talent level uh, just hasn't proven to be as good as Charlotte. So Abdi is trying to carve out his role for next year on that Wizards team. No better way for him to do it than exploding in the final game of the season. And he's someone capable of doing it. So someone the Hornets need to watch. Last but not least, statistic to watch, Rob. I'm going to go with fast break points. It was a big factor in Charlotte's win on Friday against the Bulls. They had 23 fast break opportunities, or 23 points off of those fast break opportunities. Did a really good job pushing the tempo against the Chicago team that likes to play a little bit of, a little bit slower. They're about middle of the pack when it comes in terms of pace in the NBA, and it's a similar situation here with the Wizards as well. They are really slow when it comes to pace. They're in the bottom third of the NBA. Now, I don't know if that's going to change here in the last couple of games, considering that they have a lot of those younger guys out there. I don't know if they want to get out and run. I know they have Ish Smith now, who is you know kind of that veteran presence for the be- for the Wizards coming off the bench. We saw what he was able to do here in his short time in Charlotte where he liked to push the tempo. So I don't know if that's going to be the case where, A, he gets a whole lot of playing time with these younger guys taking over, or B, if he does go out there, if he's going to try to push the tempo a little bit and try to get out and run in transition. So fast break points are the thing that I'm looking at tonight here for the Hornets, trying to keep that trend of getting 20 or more. I know it's a tall task, but would be huge and would certainly go a long way here this afternoon at Spectrum Center. We are very much in lockstep today, Rob Longo. I, I had similar thoughts, but I'm using a different stat to get there. Uh, mine is, you know, personal turnovers. The Washington Wizards are dead last in the NBA in terms of how many percentage-wise of their opponents' possessions they're able to turn into turnovers. Uh, that means that, for the most part, they're not putting a ton of pressure on you. They're not forcing a ton out of you. So they don't really rely on your mistakes to fuel their offense. So the last thing the Hornets want to do is give them the opportunity. Sometimes Charlotte can get overly aggressive. Some of that is by nature. You don't want to you know, restrict your pace of play or anything like that. Um, but you need to play as close to mistake-free basketball as you can because I think the best way for the Wizards to get into this one at the start or to stay in this one through the end is Charlotte giving them more opportunities to shoot the ball. If this is an even-strength shooting contest, Charlotte should win it. Um, but if you give the Wizards, by way of a, a ton of your own turnovers, extra opportunities, that's how this could fall into the Wizards' hands. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Again, a slightly earlier edition of Hornets Basketball 3.30 tip. You can join us at the Hive. Tickets available at Hornets.com. And, of course, we invite you to do so for the postseason as well. We'll know after today's action sometime around, I don't know, 6.30 or so, uh, where and when the Hornets will begin playing tournament action. Will it be the 7-8 game? Will it be the 9-10 game? We don't know right now. We do know it will be exciting. Can't wait to get it started, Rob. Looking forward to it, Sam. Best time of the year. It certainly is, and the Hornets will be part of it for a second consecutive season. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. For my producer and our play-by-play broadcaster today on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. 
Tune in tomorrow for the recap of everything that goes down against the Wizards as well as where the Hornets will be playing in the postseason in that play-in tournament. We'll have it all covered for you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.